Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 106. Tonight we're playing some games and reviewing Ghost. On whatever platform you're watching or listening, if you like what you hear, give us a review or comment. We'd love it if you subscribed and feel free to share with your friends. We'd like to thank our sponsor, the Kokomo Lantern, a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Join the Lantern Substack to get access to all Lantern material. Tonight, we play Who's That Band? Lester Bang style with JPP. We answer his challenge, and we review Impera, the new record from Ghost. Joining me tonight is none other than JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. Ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Did I do you that know you right? shouldn't do that to me. Why is that? <laughs> I'm going to be, did I hit something? I'm new to that this. What did I do? That was me. That was me. <laughs> Perfect. Greetings. But we're not doing this alone tonight. Guess who's joining us, Paul? I have no idea. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I know who it is. It's Oscar the Grouch. Kind of. It is shirtless monday step inside into his mind it's boy band time it's metalhead monday you can't get people's hopes up like that <laughs> it's that you can't promise something like that and then deliver this <laughs> nice the little comments would have gone wild monday <laughs> we'll save that for another time all right i got that locked in episode 106 monday agrees Shirtless Monday night. All right. So we'll say, is there is there a sweeps week in podcasting? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there is. If not, we're going to create one. There needs to be. Yes, there does. And uh, shout out to the fan who didn't like how bright I was not. I, I never said I was a bright person, but I enhanced the visuals for you. We listen to our listeners, so I hope this helps. <laughs> I hope he chimes in. I hope so, too. <laughs> I'm going to put this on the screen just so everyone knows. <laughs> Here we go. Am I correct? Yes. My future's so bright. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. Andy Jenkins, the man. What happened? Oh, God. Is that... Did you go back to default settings? No, I went to black light. <laughs> We should do a whole show in Blacklight. That'd be very cool. Oh, yeah. It would be just all you see is chattering teeth. Andy said, do beautiful. I wonder if he, uh, if his fingers had a bad Guessing that's supposed to be so beautiful. So that's what do. I'm guessing. That's what we do here. <laughs> that's all we do. We do beautiful. It's all we sew. We've been known for doing beautiful for a long time. <laughs> Great. For 106 episodes of beautiful. All right. Enough of my banter here we need we need to get on with the show don't we we've got a listener to entertain we do we do who has just, corrected just his mistake just the one <laughs> yeah we don't care about the rest of you we only care about andy jenkins so <clears throat> all right He's before we get started to... there were a couple of sort of milestones this weekend monday you want to start us off 
Uh, yeah, big 30th anniversary for uh, White Zombies La Sexorcisto Devil Music Volume 1. Uh, to turn 30 years old, it was released on March 17th, St. Patty's Day, 1992. It was uh, their third full-length album. They had a couple of EPs as well. And this was the the lineup that kind of solidified their sound. Uh, a little bit before this, they brought in uh, Rob Zombie and Sean Assault on bass. They brought in uh, Ivan DePrume and Jay Younger, and it kind of turned their sound. They were kind of a more of a punky noise band before that. Mm-hmm. This kind of gave them a little bit of a more metal feel, which uh, their audience seemed to embrace. So this album came out and it hit huge in the metal community. And I mean, it's, it's a kind of a perennial favorite for me, for sure. I remember the first time I heard it. I remember the first few times that we saw White Zombie live. So Paul was a part of that for, mm-hmm. you know, we were best buddies, still are, but we were too. Um, but uh, so we kind of grew up with this album together. Mm -hmm. so paul wants to talk about some of that yeah it was it was definitely a game changer at the time because we were digging into thrash and and metal and and this kind of came out with a lot of theatrical flair at the same time you know rob Rob zombie's aesthetics the the horror vibe the classic hot rods and the samples you know that was something that you know while some bands did that they really did it to the nth degree and it was just really fascinating to hear this whole album have this cohesive journey with audible sounds and samples and things that uh, kind of created a, a deeper vibe than just heavy music, right? Good grooves had kind of that, you know, swank to it at the same time. And um, they just did their own thing and, and came out with a bang with that album. I know yeah. the first time I heard it, I don't know if this was first time Paul heard it, but uh Paul had come to my house. I think we were hanging out. He was just kind of spending the night and our friend Brock came over and we were literally just sitting there playing board games. <laughs> and uh, he put this cassette tape in and it started playing and we were like, Oh, what is this? Right. <laughs> and uh, so did you make yeah, that noise? Pretty, I mean, pretty much, you know, you do the dog with the tilt in the head, like what? what, what? Accurate. And uh, yeah. So, that that was it for i mean i think we were hooked pretty instantly so much so that we saw them live several times so yeah i wore out two cassettes and had to get the cd as well so well i don't you know it was definitely a metal record but i think that one crossed over for so many people because i remember i was in bloomington at the time in college and um no matter what people listened to you know, it was REM or Lemon Drops or whatever. Everybody seemed to just gravitate to this record. So I think it crossed over yeah. um, to just about everyone. It was just so good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the live shows, I think the first time we saw them was in 93. They opened for, well, I don't think they were the opener. They were like kind of direct support for Anthrax on the Sound of White Noise tour. Yep. And they, you know, they killed it. I to this day, I have to say, anytime I talk about Rob Zombie, I gotta say he is not the best live singer. <laughs> and but that's I think he creates that problem for himself because what he does on records 
the way he does the lines and they edit them together and all of that. Like, there's no way he can sing that stuff live. It's they overlay it, he's it gotta, the man has to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, and then we saw him, I think I want to say maybe 94 with Pantera. And then we saw them as headliners on their own tour when Astro Creep 2000 came out. Mm-hmm. And that was a crazy lineup. It was Caius, Babes in Toyland, Reverend Horton Heat, and White Zombie. Yeah. Like, that's that. That's just crazy. Yeah, our minds were blown in a very diversified way that night. I remember the bass player from Caius fell off the stage. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Babes in Toyland, I never really followed them much, but that was certainly very cool to hear. Um, they definitely put on a good set. And I, I know you were immediately blown away by Horton Heat as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was the was first time I think I had heard them, but that that was the first time I had seen them. Yeah, the part that and blew I, my mind is the fact that they're a, a modest three-piece band on that giant stage, one little mm-hmm. baby amp for for the rev, a small amp for the bass player, you know, in the drum kit. I mean, it was it was a very tiny visual, but a huge sound nonetheless. Oh yeah, it was. Very they are to this day that Reverend Horton Heat's one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Yeah, they're cool. great. They're great. I don't know. I don't, one more thing on that that show, Paul. I don't know if you remember. Uh, one of the guitar players in Babes in Toyland broke a string. Do you remember that? Vaguely. She broke a string, and they did not have a backup guitar for her. That's so right. they had to change. Ouch. They had to stop playing, <laughs> and they changed the string. They were, like, telling, like, horrible dad jokes while she's changing this guitar string on stage. <laughs> yep. It was ridiculous. It's pretty wow. funny. Yep. That is a definite spinal tap moment. Mm-hmm. And if I remember, because I remember they were with Pan- – we we saw White Zombie a handful of times, and I remember we saw them after – high school as well deftones pantera and i think white zombie was on that tour yes. as well yes um, and that was cool because we were really up close uh, in the yes. pavilion at that set and that was that was a good time was that a deer creek yep it was all of these shows were actually all three of them yep forever deer creek forever yep. <laughs> precisely um and then one other mention before we get started <clears throat> yesterday found on twitter late at night that it was the 32nd anniversary of Pictures of You by The Cure. So we had to dig into that video last night because that's... Um, it's funny because every time I talk to Marianne about this, she always talks about how all of her friends hated it. Said Disintegration was terrible. And then it kind of came back around and everybody fell in love with it because it was a little hmm. different. Um, I loved it from song one, but I guess it took some people a while. But I think it's... a I would say most people would say it's probably their favorite cure, if not second, maybe. I'm doing yeah, I can to the cure pose here, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I came to the cure much later. I did not lo- love them when we were, I don't know, younger or whatever. And I totally, you know, appreciate them now. I, I, I would love to see them live. I don't know if that will ever happen, but I, that's, so I, when I go back and listen to their stuff, it's a, I, I kind of have in my mind that this is a fully formed band that's gone through probably several different, you know, whatever styles. And there's, you know, I know one of one of the albums has like horns on it and like, it's, you know, it's just kind of all there. And I, I don't know. I dig it all. I like the cure. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if he ever gets this latest record written and ready to go, then we'll all get a chance to see them live again. No pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. Well, yeah, he's feeling pressure from us. I love seeing him now, too. Robert Smith just looks like an old grandma. And But he can still sing. He sounds he great sounds, live. He sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. But he just looks like he's kind of, you know, he's kind of filled out a little. He's a little pudgy. He's got the crazy hair and the lipstick. And he looks like an old grandma. He's got a little jowly. <laughs> the makeup was intentional originally. Now it just looks like he's really old and can't control his muscles as he's put on lipstick <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but you got to love them. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, we've yammered on enough, Paul. It's time. What does the Phoenix Supernova have for us tonight? Um, It's in the the fireplace right now. But me, JPP, (laughs) has a Lester Banks challenge. And let me just say, how's my levels here, by the way? I feel a little... uh, I feel like you're a little 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 quiet. A little quiet? Well, that's a nice change of pace. You know, that's it's rare. There we go. Anyway, I have a face for radio, by the way. This uh, this review probably wouldn't be so much of a butcher. Um, you know, given that I gave you guys such a tough challenge, I thought I'd go easy on you uh, otherwise. And I wanted to just kind of see if you could pick this out. Bear with me as I read this because they named the band so much. I'm going to have to pause and insert this band and other pronouns to make sure that we uh, don't give it away so easily we got it okay intended as a rallying rallying cry against shifting trends this band's most abrasive album comes off more like a cry for help that reveals the turmoil eating the band from within it's also thrilling uh let's see here perhaps it's understandable that the singer and company felt like the world was closing in on them by the time they got uh they set out to make this album release in late 95 the band were one of the lone remaining thrash-era metal acts that could still reasonably expect to shift half a million units. More crucially, they were one of the only ones doing so without diluting their sound. In fact, band were growing more successful by getting heavier with each record, whether or not we accept the popular narrative of the so-called alternative revolution that had rendered metal uncool again, most of this band's peers had hit steep career drop-offs and were struggling to remain visible. I have two guesses. Mm-hmm. I'm not sh- sure. One, I don't know if it's correct because I I don't really consider them a thrash band, mm-hmm. but I feel like they were one of the biggest metal bands of the 90s for sure, by far, would be Pantera. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. <clears throat> yep. I was, was... kind of either them or Slayer. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, in regards to the Great Southern Trend Kill. Yes. Yep. So they did sure. too. They they I seemed like they went harder every album, every yep. time. Yep. So it was a cry for help. <laughs> they said. Mm-hmm. Oh lord. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you know the successes and the pressures of being together all the time probably ate at them. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, they're, they're intense personalities, and uh, you know, living an intense lifestyle can only last for so long right it was we saw how things unfolded sadly well, how many bands go through that though if you think about it, all these distinct personalities yeah. and the good ones all come from some kind of tragedy or some story in the background that made them what they were so right that's not yeah. shocking at all <clears throat> mm-hmm. a lot of the pantera stuff from everything we've seen and heard 
I feel like a lot of their problems came from, you know, Phil had all that back trouble and kind of got hooked on pain meds and was in and out of that and made him, you know, made his performance sketchy and his reliability and attendance sketchy and everybody was kind of getting sick of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So on and so forth, sadly. Um, You know, it's funny too, because, when I was hearing about that implosion, I was thinking there was a podcast I listened to. Um, it's actually Lars Ulrich's podcast. It's electric. He had Dave yep. roll on and he was talking about how, when Dave was done, you know, they're wrapping up on tour. He's like, F you guys, I hate you. I don't want to ever see you again. And he's like, you know, and after a few months of, you know, spending time with my family and starting to get creative again, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see you guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. So you have to keep that kind of dynamic in check, I suppose. Yeah. Gosh, and when bands are coming up, their traveling is so usually like on a bus and they're cramped and they mm-hmm. got to, you know what I mean? So it's got to be like super hard. And a lot of those bands worked so hard and they played night after night after night. I imagine they'd be sick of each other yeah. by the time that tour I, was over. Yeah, I feel like bus is if they're lucky. It's more like a sprinter van or yep. something like mm-hmm. that. Well, did you listen to that Josta podcast with, I think it was the drummer from Madball or whatever band that Josta was in in the past, and he was talking about how he wanted more family time to be a dad, and one of the, uh, oh, he was in Fozzie, and uh, one of the things he was saying, too, is like, look, this isn't glorious, you know, we travel in these small vehicles cramped together, and then we shower either at truck stops or at <clears> gyms, <throat> you know, and they yeah. kind of make stops and make do with what they can. It's not, you know, four-star hotels and you know, mm-hmm. charcuterie boards or whatever else. Josta's got great stories. I, one of my favorites that he, he would talk about uh, Danzig a lot when they toured with Danzig, he said they were wonderful to hate breed. Cause I mean, they were basically in a van sleeping on top of their gear and all that. And he mm-hmm. said when they could like uh, Danzig would, you know, if not get them a hotel room, at least let them into a hotel room to, you know, mm-hmm. hang out and bathe and all of that. And he said, yeah, a lot of people kind of took care of them a lot on the road. That's good. Similar story to Rush and Kiss. Yep. Because Rush traveled in the teeny tiny little bus. And mm-hmm. then uh, and they got a great relationship um, with Kiss and, and Gene really liked them. So very similar cool all right well i guess that means i have lester next week you do cannot wait i'm gonna my goal is to stump monday i've made myself a target i don't it's a gift i guess (laughs) tell me bands you don't like that you've never heard (laughs) well if i've never heard them i mean (laughs) all right anyway all right jpp you did issue a challenge so yeah, and Go you for guys it. hated it. <laughs> it was hated it. But uh, so the goal was to uh, initially, I was talking about how we I found a video where a gentleman worked at a video store, like a blockbuster, and he had the movie Jesus Christ Superstar playing, and he was listening <clears> to a Godflesh album. <laughs> and by happenstance, the music synced up with the scene perfectly where people are jumping in the musical number, and it was in perfect rhythm, and it just gelled well so um I, I challenge you to come up with similar happy accidents but i mean really if you if this is off the cuff cool whatever i mean i, I made it more difficult than it needed to be but you know think of a song going over something you know and contrasting it one of the popular memes that comes to mind is 
uh, Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris, and they're starting to unrobe to fight, and they're playing Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper. Mm-hmm. You That's know. a good one. So, you know, if you have something like that or, or you know, a, a tune that would drastically change the way um, the, the scene felt, if it was heavy, make it light, whatever. If you've got it, cool. Um, if not, if you're stumped, then... I got it. Okay. We'll see what money I, has, too. I had help. Cool. <clears throat> but it was hilarious. So in the Olympics, there used to be this thing called ski ballet. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. So the skis are slightly smaller than like a downhill ski or whatever. And they sort of dance and they do these silly little moves. And their, uh, their snowsuits are like really tight. It looks like what an 80s yoga class would look like if it were on snow kind of thing. And they have the two sticks, you know, the poles that they use for skiing, but they use those to like do flips and handstands and those kind of things. And they do little funky things with their feet and the skis. And so somebody put it to the song Pimp of the Year. And so if you started at just the right time, there are some moments where the guy's like on the back tips of his skis bending over and it'll hit really hard with the song. And you the visual of the guy doing these graceful moves to Pimp of the Year it is pretty priceless if you can look that up and look up. Just look up ski ballet, uh, not to hate on the sport, but it's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Um, but that, that song with it is is pretty good stuff. And but we had to do it separately. I don't know where he heard about it, so we had to time like he had the video and I had the song, and then we had to time it up so it worked properly. But it did work, and it was brilliant. That is awesome. Nice. So so there you have it. Nice, Monday. <laughs> I really like I, I honestly came up with nothing for this. I like I we were talking before the show and the closest I could come was uh, when, you know, there was some guys hanging out at my house and we were like just had the TV on, but we had the sound down and we were kind of I mean, basically doing a mystery science theater kind of thing. You know, we were narrating what we saw on the screen and it was just, you know, three three teenage boys being stupid and some something happened there was just like this one serendipitous moment where it was i cannot remember her name but there was a, an exercise guru in the 90s i want to say is it, it like susan maybe powder susan powder yes that's yeah. it yeah crazy so, yes so <laughs> memory so, i mean it was late at night so there was like you know, infomer. This is back when there were they would play infomercials late mm-hmm. at night. So that was on, and she was, you know, all craziness on the screen. And something happened where I think she like bent over and looked between her legs back towards the camera. And right when she did that, I think it was you, Paul, said something. And it was just perfection. And we lost our minds. I mean, we were rolling. And yes, I think we we almost we might have come close to getting in trouble for that one because my parents were sleeping. But, you know, whatever. Loud teenagers. No way. Yeah, that that was the closest thing I could think of. I I really I couldn't come up with anything musical or whatever. (laughs) Nice. That was accidental, you know, whatever, lining up video and audio. So awesome. Well, mine's going to be pretty lame, really, because it happened not too long ago. And uh, it was funny to me 
but <clears throat> I we had just finished making dinner and and uh, I think Endgame was on cable TV and I had the sound off. Um, it was on in the background. I was taking care of something else. But anyway, as I looked up and I was watching it, my wife and daughter were listening to Queen's "Don't Stop Me Now." Um, on the speaker in the kitchen. So I'm hearing that as like the big intense fight scene at the end of the movie is happening, you know, and everybody's <laughs> kicking each other's ass. And I thought, gosh, this really changes the feel of this. Quite a bit. <laughs> you know, I, I don't see, you know, cap wielding his momentous moment, uh, with such a, a heavy, powerful force when, you know, you're hearing, don't stop me. Don't stop me. Well, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, I got a nice little chuckle out of that moment. Yeah, I wish we had visuals for people, but we don't want to break yeah. copyright laws. Yeah, indeed. This, you know, I tried to upload a video the other day. There's a, a tune I did. It's actually spoiler alert, going to be our outro music, but um, I actually synced it to the bowling scene from The Big Lebowski, and I tried to share it, and the internet put the kibosh on it right away. Well, dang it! That stinks. Can't have any fun anymore. No. It seems like I don't know. I feel like you can't do especially in live video it's real hard to use audio and video and stuff like that like if we tried to play a trailer it'd probably kick us off of youtube and all that stuff but i don't know i i think you have to i mean all these people that do reaction videos like there's that's the way there has to be a way to do it and like i and you know you have to comment on it and do i don't know it's, hey we'll just yeah. react to everything we put up there yeah. And then we're good. Yeah. So, <laughs> Paul will react. Yeah. We'll figure it out one of these days. <clears throat> yeah. And then we'll really have a show. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, I mean, it was interesting. It did get me to see that fun, cool video and some ski ballet. So it was definitely worth the JPP. Thank you. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So I have the challenge next week and I'm pretty excited, actually. I have, I had two in mind and I still may hold the next one back. But um, we've talked quite a bit about comics lately, and we're thinking about adding a, a small single-issue comic segment on the show. So this will be a marriage of music and comics. Are you ready? Ready. I'll put sure. this up on the screen here in a sec. So what I would like you both to do, and I will do as well, is pick a five-member Justice League team. Okay? So your best justice league or your favorite doesn't have to make it you know like hey this guy's got power and this one's got magic and you don't have to do all that just five characters mm -hmm. you like and then what you're going to do is you are going to give each one of them a theme song because oh, if they wow. bust into the movie at different times and you will add a theme song for them there you have nice. it do they have to be right. dc or can they be any universe can they be what can it be of any universe, or does it have to be DC exclusive? It has to be DC on this one. Okay. Because it's the Justice League. So Now, it could be from any one of the Earths. So, you know, if you wanted uh, a different Superman or something from a different Earth, that's fine. But okay, definitely has to be DC. Got it. All right. I say... Challenge accepted. Boom. I like it. Love it. Cool, cool. Yeah, it should be fun, I think. Just coming up with... Songs for each person. So, all right. Here we are, guys. They just got a new album. It's called Empira. It's from Ghost. We love them. There it is. What do we think? What does Monday think? Um, 
I, well, I love the album cover. I, their album covers are always cool. And they kind of, the last several, they've kind of used similar structures where they're, mm-hmm. you know, do something that has mm-hmm. Papa's face in it there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I would say this is, upon first listen, I did not love a lot of it. Um, the more I listened to it, the more a lot of it grew on me. Uh, I still, I don't know if I would say this is one of my favorite ghost albums, but definitely had some tracks, you know, some highlight tracks for me and some other stuff that was interesting in spots, but maybe I didn't love the whole song, but, uh, overall, I mean, it's ghost and I like ghosts. So, you know, I didn't hate it. (laughs) Well... I would, I would agree with part. I, I definitely the first time. So I'd already heard they had released. Um, I think "Call Me a Little Sunshine" mm-hmm. and they had released uh, "Hunter's 20s, Moon." Was, Hunter's Moon, yeah. Hunter's and, Moon was from Halloween Kills, so that had been out yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and then the twenties they did right before the album release. So I already heard those rec- those songs. So I was pretty excited about those. Then when I heard the record the first time, I'm kind of like you, Monday. I was. It was okay. It was a little different. I thought. I think I told yeah. you in a in a text maybe that was a little breezier. It wasn't mm-hmm. nearly as biting. There aren't a lot of songs that really slam um, like some had in the past. But I think that's accurate. Yeah, I've listened probably mm-hmm. twelve or thirteen times now, and um, it has grown on me quite a bit. And it's super catchy. <laughs> he that guy can write a freaking catchy lick. There is no yeah. doubt. Tobias can write yeah. some hooks. Yeah. He, yeah. And you just want to sing along, even though it's talking about <laughs> some of the strangest things. It's like, yeah, I can't help it. I'm singing. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I ended up really, really digging this. JPP, what'd you think? Yeah. You know, I thought it, it started off a little weak, but as it kind of went through, especially from the single on, I, I felt better about it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I remember our previous dialogues too, we, we always kind of come back to the fact that ghost is very reliant on the theatrics too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, live and things like that. So it kind of makes me wonder again, tour wise, what's going to happen visually. And, um, I was actually kind of taking it back to sabotages streets, a rock opera. You remember that album Monday? Oh yeah. 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 You know, and while it doesn't sound anything like it, it does have some of that, you know, kind of glam element going on with the way the bass was complementing the guitar parts and stuff too, reminded me of some of that era. Um, and there's probably some underlying story that's being told. And, you know, like maybe there's part of a character arc that I'm just not seeing yet that drove them to choose some of that direction. Like you said, less bitey and such, but uh, the riffs that do go hard, they go hard. And uh, I definitely have a couple of faves on this album as well. I will say, I remember listening to Rats for the first time. That was instantly memorable, whereas like the opener and a couple of other tracks on here, I had to go back and listen to them a few times, but I still don't really have anything that catches me for a lot of repeat listens. But again, the, the songs I do enjoy, I, I thoroughly enjoy and will go back to. You know, so <clears throat> we talk a lot about album openers. And so for me, this one felt like um, it was just a small instrumental. And that's fine, kind of a lead into the first song. 
But yeah. I think personally, a song like Watcher in the Sky would have been a better lead song to get us into it. But um, Imperium is what we got. Did you guys like that instrumental? Uh, I mean, it's it is what it is. It's, it's kind of like a typical ghost intro. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's it's kind of what they do. You know, I, I don't think there's anything special about it either. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I will say that I really dug the hell out of the acoustic and 12 string tones on the album. I thought the guitar was crisp and beautiful. Um, it just kind of took me by surprise, I guess. I think that you know that could have been a nice interlude somewhere midway through the album instead of the very beginning i yeah i think i agree with you on that and the the nameless schools are sharp i mean they're very good with their instruments live they were fantastic um and i know their names have come out now but i i don't know any off the top of my head but i think as a band they're really strong with the instruments yeah Absolutely. I will say we touched on theatrics and you just mentioned the nameless schools. I do not like the new gas mask looking thingies. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I love the last ones. Yes. They were so cool. Yes. So um, speaking of theatrics, Kaiserion, the next song live, there is a version out there. And I think it's so cool because as we know, Tobias takes on a new persona, each record. And so in the video that I saw, they each step up and then they're dragged off stage. So Papa Emeritus comes up and he's out. Number two comes up and then you've got, you know, so each one of them gets yanked off stage. And then finally the one that's left is, I believe is what Papa Emeritus four now. Is that who he, I think the new persona. And so he's left on stage and starts to sing Kaiserion, which I think is a very clever way to do that because that's part of the whole shtick um, of ghost. And this is a, uber catchy song and uh the first part of it i thought god that just hit me kind of strange that's i i didn't think it sounded super like ghost at the very beginning and then it had a a big scream that reminded me of spongebob um when he's rocking out in one of those cartoons and then the song sinks in and then it finally gets super catchy for the chorus and then after a couple of listens i really like it now Papa Emeritus. I'm trying to do yeah. that. Sorry. But uh, I, just, I just threw weird visuals in my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> this one, this is one that I definitely did not love at first. And it grew on me the more I listened to it. I thought there was, um, there's a section in there somewhere that gets a little proggy. And it kind of reminded me of Rush a little bit. It really did. So I don't know Chorus if anybody else caught that or not. Uh, no, it was an instrumental section. Okay. I'm going to go back and listen now. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Did you like it, Paul? I didn't mind it. It was very major, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. Major there. key and you know, mm-hmm. metal usually comes out dark and minor and, and all yep. that kind of stuff. Oh, and it built. It got higher. Like in the chorus, it just kept building every time. Yeah. Which, yep. yeah. Exactly. And, you know, the guitars sound fantastic and stuff, but I think for me, riff-wise, I thought, you know, wow, this is kind of going back to basics in in some elements, but, you know, it serves the song well. It was just, you know, kind of a a Prozac moment, I guess, you know, it's like, oh, let's let's change my mood a little bit, no ghost, and, you know, we have a new outlook. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to dog them. I just, again, was a little, little surprised. That's the key thing. Yeah. So that led into spillways. <clears throat> For me, this one was okay, but I did—I never did. I, I mean, every time I've listened to it, 
I just I don't grab onto it, and I just feel like I'm waiting for Call Me Little Sunshine. So I felt like I was waiting for a little Runaway. <laughs> oh yes, dude. Yes, yeah, I sure. yes the syncopated mm-hmm. keyboard. Yeah, yep. yep. And I love the keys, but I that's I that's pretty much all I had to say about it. Was I love the keys, but otherwise it's kind of skippable. Mm-hmm. The the song's cool though. I mean, they're definitely doing a lot of. Uh, um, cool little runs and stuff like that and it's it's got you know movement and dynamics again almost sounds like a number from a musical so again the theatrics mm-hmm. come into mind and makes me wonder what's going to happen this time around on tour it's yeah. ghost the high school musical <laughs> precisely oh lordy i can see it though at some point yeah <laughs> careful uh, that brings us to Call Me Little Sunshine, and what a cool groove to start this song. So I love it. It's my second favorite groove to start a song on the record. So if this is Ghost, the high school musical, this is the song that scares the parents. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. You know That's how they should of, sell it. <laughs> you, you know what it kind of reminded me of at the beginning, though? I mean, minus the vocals, of course, but 18 mm-hmm. in Life. It just kind of had that mm-hmm. acoustic intro. Ah, I was yeah, looking for, okay. you know the fence on skid row and you know all the the scenery in black and white and all that kind of stuff but i know it's a completely different song but it just kind of gave me that vibe in a good way i yeah i love this it's so good it's got you got the drama you got the darkness you got the dynamics uh, it's this one is i'm all in on this song i absolutely love it and <clears throat> if you have not seen it there is a fantastic live performance of this song on Jimmy Kimmel. Really? Yes. So good. They actually, they weren't uh, on, uh, on set for it. They were like, he threw to them. They were Mm. in some mausoleum somewhere. I don't know, but it was cool. And it it was a really great live performance. So it's got all the setup and everything technically. So it, it actually sounds good. Yes. Wonderful. Awesome. This, what I love about their songs is, you know, you talk about like a rabid fan base. All these songs too talk about being their friend and bringing them in, and you got a place with us. I could just see how inviting being part of the ghost community would be for people. I mean, because the vibe just oozes on almost every song. Mm-hmm. I love it. So that comes up to Hunter's Moon. For me, this was like the triumvirate of awesome songs in a row because Hunter's Moon was fantastic, and then Watcher in the Sky, mm-hmm. um, another great song. Do you guys like this one? I did. Yeah, we've been hearing this one for a while. Like I said, it came out on the Halloween Kills soundtrack. There's a cool video that has, you know, kind of interweaves performance and stuff from the movie, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, Really great structure on this song. I like the way they've kind of put it together and uh, just fantastic guitar licks. You know, they kind of weave those in and out. Great song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... uh... It, it was to your point it's like you got the single you got this one you get the next one and it was just like okay now now we're getting into gear it was like the car was a little slow to warm up and now we're going uphill we're going going the right direction yeah and this song had a lot of atmosphere um yeah. i don't know if it was just the title but for me just yeah there was a lot of atmosphere here that just kind of put you in the mood for the song and um just another just great choices tobias really does make great choices on his songs uh, musically, because I think he writes all of it, doesn't he? If I'm not mistaken, I'd say last I knew, he was pretty much the architect of all of it. 
Yeah, because I know some had sued him and gotten sent from the band because he is he is ghost essentially, and yeah. they're sort of hired hands. Um, so yeah, he's he's fantastic. Okay, Watcher in the Sky. I really dug this one, and like I said, I think for me this would have been a great album opener because it's really rocking, um, mm-hmm. but it's still not unradio friendly. So it's kind of catchy in that regard, but it's one of the harder songs on the record. Some monster riffs, big big riffs on this one. Yeah, I, I really like the you know you know cool guitar parts, and then you know the the vocals are real thick and chorusy and anthem like. Um, good harmonies. I mean, across the board, this album has great harmonies anyway, but this one really just was crafted well. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Agreed. Then was Dominion, which was, I think, just the small interlude, right? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> which is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it Ghost, they always do kind of the mm-hmm. cool little interlude things, and this was just one of those. You know, getting us from one song to the next. I wish that it had more saxophone because I really dug that on prequel. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Then it brings us to what I consider the best opening to any song on the record. Holy cow, the horns on this were amazing. And it was deep. So good. 20s. Uh, top two song for me, probably on this record. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. When, you know, Low brass was a nice touch for sure. You know, given Ghost's aesthetic, given it the, uh, you know, cathedral vibe and that kind of stuff, uh, this mm-hmm. plays well. But then when you get the, the guitar riff that does that passage, holy hell. <laughs> I was <laughs> I put this one on repeat a few times. This, this one is probably my top jam on this album. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Once I got beyond the intro... The first time I heard it, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. It took a couple times and like, oh man, this is really put together well. <laughs> and yes, the intro, the horns are outstanding, super sharp, and they s- just sound wonderful. And then it, it, I wish they could have found a way to blend that into the, the song. But it's just yeah. kind of like this intro <laughs> stop guitar. And I was like, mm, okay kind of a hard shift but it the song works really well and there's a lot of heavy riffs going on the lyrics are a little silly i feel like and very repetitive yeah but <laughs> got uh, a lot of call and response to it yeah 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 i can see how this this would probably be a huge song live I, mm-hmm. it's, you know great oh, they song. brought a horn section out are you kidding oh, me right yeah great song i'm with you monday if they had, if they did a if the breakdown in the middle with the horns, yeah, that would have been so dope. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to over. No, go it, for it. But how about that bass tone in that too? I mean, like it really brings the bottom in on that riff, and then when it goes without the guitar on top of it, it's just like nice and full and meaty. I was in love, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Throw the lyrics aside. This was yeah. a banger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we. So this is, is so nice body, but no face. Right? Is that what you're <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, I love that they put 20s right before Darkness. It was like Ghost doing some power ballad from the 80s on that one. Mm -hmm. That is exactly (laughs) the note that I'm like, is this a ballad? What are we doing here? It totally was. And and he does it well. 
I mean, yeah. you may not like Great. that sort of thing, but it's brilliant for what it does. It's catchy. It's beautiful. Oh. It's kind of haunting. I cool. love that kind of thing. <laughs> I am a completely unashamed fan of hair metal, and I <laughs> love that stuff, and I love a good... I actually started working on a power ballad playlist a while ago, so... Will you share uh, that next episode? Uh, sure. Awesome. Putting on the list. Hair band ballad episode. But yeah, and uh, the vocals on this one darkness at the heart of mm -hmm. my love I, mm -hmm. vocals were out, outstanding agreed is beth on your list uh i don't know if i have that on there yet i don't i don't love the original version of beth with peter chris <laughs> yeah i i like there's a there's a later version with eric carr singing that i actually mm -hmm. like a little bit better <laughs> Okay. Yeah. We would play for you, but we'd sued, so forget. It. Where yeah. does White Lion fall into this playlist? <laughs> oh, dude, are you kidding? Mike Tramp, man, oh, that yeah. dude was born to sing ballads. And, well, and Vito Brada, <coughs> a killer, killer guitar player. So, oh yeah, you know. And I, I learned from a friend that he actually wrote all of his intense riffs all on a classical guitar, and then played electric after the fact. And if I understand correctly, he wasn't a big fan of electric much. Um, he preferred weird playing on acoustic instruments and stuff, but <laughs> it translated so well. Yeah. So they weren't my fave band, but I definitely had some guilty pleasure moments with them. Well, I loved them. So wait, wait, <laughs> Paul, wait. you have not weighed in on darkness. What did you like it? I loved darkness. I really liked the kind of the arpeggiated motion of the, the 12 string sound. And I kind of struggled to, to try to, I, I mean, it sounds like a guitar, but it could, it could also almost be a keyboard the way how clean it's played too. Um, but it just has a nice glassy tone and it, all, all of that, again, with that whole aesthetic that I keep talking about, it just gives me that marble cathedral stained glass windows. All, all of that just plays very well in my head visually with the sounds that they choose for, for this album and the song in particular. Uh, I think it's a, a fantastic tune. Good. All right, final three songs. We are up to Griftwood. I didn't have a lot on this one, honestly. It, it is. It's super catchy. It's almost the structure and the feel of it is kind of poppy a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, I, the vocals are fantastic. I this song really dug its hooks into me. I don't. This was one of the highlights for me. I just I, I like this one a lot. Kind of has a slower "ain't talking about love" vibe with the you know, kind of <laughs> muted guitar part, but it definitely has that throwback to the classic '80s hard rock mm -hmm. type of uh, vibe. Yeah, sure. don't you feel like a lot of this record is a throwback in so many ways? I mean, it really—I mean, it took kind of. what happened in the past and really kind of made it new, but really highlighted what was awesome mm -hmm. about yeah. the era we loved. Yeah. yeah, well, that's why I say this one. This one. I said poppy, but at what I meant, I guess, more would be like radio rock, more mm -hmm. like the hairband stuff that was, mm -hmm. you know, that I could see this being played and not being too out of place back then. There. You know, I got yeah. my bangs going here. You got your mall bangs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the Aquanet. The clears. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have clears when we were kids. Come on. <laughs> All right. Bangs. Well, maybe you guys did. 
All right. The Sorry, penultimate song was Bite of Passage. How clever. <laughs> All 31 seconds of it. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right. Was, uh, just what? A little interlude. Nothing. Yep. Nothing much. And no, it wasn't a snore, but you know, they kind of like the tool record. They filled it with a lot of little fillers and called it a full album. Maybe that's why they started with Imperium because they have three fillers. So perhaps that's, yeah. I don't know. And the then last the last song is my favorite the, title. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Respite on the Spitalfield. <laughs> awesome. I love it. It is so good. And it's a nice album closer, too. I mean, I it's again, it's yeah. catchy. It kind of does a lot what the rest of them do and just rides it right out. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't love this song, per se. Um, I have a feeling if I listen to it more and more, uh, I'll like it more. But it, it didn't grab me right away. Of the tracks on this album, this is probably the best closer choice. Agreed. <clears throat> Agree. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly very interesting. Uh, vocally, it's very full. You know, it just kind of really brings things home in, in some aspects. But, um, you know, again, with that whole throwback thing, it's just like, it makes me want to go back and start revisiting a lot of these old albums. And, you know, it's like, are you channeling kicks here? Are you channeling, you know, where's Cinderella <laughs> in the fold? You know, that kind of thing. But I just feel like, um, you know, it's good. It's fun. It was, it just took me completely by surprise this time around. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that was the last song on there. So let's rate it. Will we listen? The whole shebang. JPP hit it. Three and a half out of five. Um, you know, it started weak, like I said, after the single, it started to pick up steam and uh, many elements I do enjoy. I definitely have a couple tracks I'll revisit and a couple that I'll certainly hit skip on going forward. But, uh, you know, not not terrible. Maybe I'm just not in the right mood for Ghost right now. But uh, overall, I'd say I enjoyed it. But there's some some pieces that missed the mark for me this time around. But it's their album. They can do what they want to. <laughs> and he will. Um, I would give it 4.25. I really like it. I like them. Um, I'm I just so buy into the whole shtick of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The whole concept is just brilliant. Um, everything. The music. I know some people will probably listen to it and hate his voice. It's a little higher, a little whinier at times maybe. Um, and it does kind of harken back to the 80s. And if you didn't like that, you're not going to like this sound necessarily. But I just dare anybody not to sing along with some of these songs. They're just so freaking catchy. Um, he's so talented. The band members are fantastic. I love absolutely everything about it. And I will listen again. Plenty of times, actually. And a solid 425 for me. Very cool. Monday? Um, I feel like I'm, I'll meet you guys in the middle. I gave it a 4 out of 5. Um like I said before, it's not my favorite ghost album by far, but it's a ghost album and I love ghosts. So <laughs> it's not all bad. Um, that uh, I feel like they're kind of a polarizing band. Like, you know, you're talking about that. Uh, people kind of love or hate his voice and the whole, you know, sticky thing and whatever. I love it. It's fun. We saw him live. Steve, you and I saw him live. 
I mean, they're, they're fantastic. They're an amazing band. He surrounds himself with wonderful musicians and man, can they perform. And, uh, I, on this one, I, that chunk, that four, five, six tracks uh, were probably the best for me. And then there was a couple of other standouts, but I will definitely be returning to this. Uh, and, uh, it's already grown on me the more I've listened to it. And I feel like it probably will continue to do that. Cool. Maybe I'll put together a ghost playlist for a future episode. There yeah. You go. I said maybe, cause then I'm not accountable. <laughs> That's perfect. <clears throat> All right. Well, that was fun. I love it when we, <laughs> It's rough when you review a record and you don't like it, so I'm yeah. happy we all got something out of it. And I think next week we're going to get something out of that, too, because what do we have coming up, Mr. Mundy? Well, one of my favorites, Stabbing Westward. They were a staple of the 90s industrial scene. Um, I, I just can't say how much I love Stabbing Westward. Uh, Christopher Hall is one of my absolute favorite frontmen. Uh, I love the the emotion he can bring through in his voice. They have a new one out, which is their first full length album since 2001. Wow. It is called chasing ghosts and it is out right now. So go find it and listen along and we will talk about it one week from today. Now, some of the songs were on the previous EP, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So awesome. I was going to say how fitting that, uh, you know, we reviewed Ghost and then we're chasing ghosts with this release. There you go. I'll see myself out. <laughs> no, it's too dark. We can't see you. <laughs> right, Andy? <laughs> oh, JPP. Yes. If people yes. dig you and your darkness, where can they find you? They can find me, find me. on the internet. Uh, you can find me at the Phoenix Supernova on Instagram. You can find me under Just Plain Paul on Instagram, and at JustPlainPaul.com. You don't have to we write to .com that many echo. more times. <laughs> I like it. Whoa, 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 whoa. I have it under control have now. Control now. <laughs> hey, Monday, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. M U N D Y. Why? Because we like him. Write that down, people. It's right there on your screen. That's right. And you can find me at Foggy's Pal on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, the Kokomo Lantern, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, give us a review and subscribe. Seriously, give us a review. We need to know things from people other than Andy Jenkins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For music, movies, and comic reviews, head over to wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. So we will see you next week when we tackle Stabbing Westward and we play my challenge. And are we starting comics next week or a week after? What are we doing? Uh, do we have one we can start on? If we're doing, are we going to go with um, Sandman? I mean, I I can start that anytime. I got all that stuff. So (laughs) we just got to figure out the logistics and we can start that whenever we want. We will talk off air because this will be boring. But I think Sandman (laughs) would be awesome for us, especially leading up to the TV show in June, I believe. (laughs) So 
We don't want to no have game. everybody here for the BTS stuff. I thought that, you know, people normally pay for extra stuff like that. Oh my gosh, are we going to get OnlyFans? <laughs> oh, Holy cow! Boy. I'm starting an OnlyFans account. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> That's Mondays. Why are you stealing his thing? Well, you Dang, need to my thing. My shirt hey, off. Not hey, don't my worry, thing. Monday. Nobody can see him anyway. It's too dark. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think this all going to be glowing in here. <laughs> Turn the black light Paul, back on. Paul has moonburn. <laughs> Moonbun. Wait, what? Huh? Hey, Paul. Yeah. Plays out. All right. Yeah, I don't have a logo to throw over the screen yet. Oh, dang. I forgot. Here, we'll do this. People would rather see Ghost. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Osmosis. Subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. Tell Andy what you think about him. Andy's cool. We love Andy. He gets me good deals on shipping when I need it. He's good people.